What's up, you guys? And welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl Season 6, Episode 6, titled Prom Again. Uh, this is the second of two Midvale episodes that we got uh, this year, and I really, I mean, I have to say, I really, really, really enjoyed these two episodes. I mean, it just, it had everything that I wanted, like, young Kara and young Alex just, like, being quintessentially Kara and Alex, because obviously, I mean, we've been missing Kara so much this season, and to have her back, even without Melissa playing her, was so nice, and, um, I just, I don't know, I loved it. I mean, everything that she did, everything that she said was just so Kara, and I, I don't know, I, I loved how it, it just, it worked really well, and, um, also, I mean, something that I think, something that I talked about a lot about season five was that Nia didn't really have, uh, much storyline or development to speak of, and this episode, or these two episodes, really, like, honed in on her powers and her self-esteem and, like, having that kind of confidence to be a hero, and I really love that, and I, I think that that was so overdue, long overdue, and I, and then there was obviously some really great Brainy stuff that happened in this, in these two episodes, and, and some really fun stuff with Kat, too. I mean, these two episodes, honestly, just felt like a love letter to... Supergirl to the show to the characters that made the show happen you know and I I just I loved it I loved every minute of these episodes uh and yeah I just I just loved them um but before we fully jump into it I just want to say that I did a Batwoman recap this week so that's why there's no Batwoman uh segment at the front of this episode because I talked about the entire episode in full I have the episode live now you could watch it on YouTube you could listen to it on anywhere you listen to podcasts uh if you're missing my my Batwoman recap it is in full from a couple days ago um <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode of Batwoman this week, and I just felt like I really had to talk about it because I'm such a uh, Wallace Day Kate Kane warrior that, like, her first episode, I had to talk about it. But um, anyway, though, so this, let's just get into it. Let's get into prom again. So obviously, because it's a two-part episode, we pick up exactly, like, literally to the minute, exactly where we left off with the last episode with Brainy and Nia stuck in Naxum's bubble of, like, power dampening or whatever, and, and before Kara can actually, like, talk to Kenny, because that was kind of the, uh, the whole thing that everybody was waiting for, to see, you know, her, like, break the news about National City University, before she can do that, she hears that Brandon and Brenda are in trouble, and she actually rescues them from the bubble, and Alex and Kenny run into each other in the woods, and they see Kara get shot out of the sky, and, and they're able to, like, team up all of them and, like, capture Naxum and his curly-haired friend. I, did they name him? Did they give him a name? I didn't catch a name, but anyway. <laughs> Naxum and his curly-haired friend, uh, they... Brainy, Nia, Alex, Kara, Kenny, all of them were able to, like, work together to capture them and put 
uh, lock them in their ship and then put the cloaker on, basically. Um, and Kara, there's this really funny moment where Kara's like in the woods and we just like see her heat vision and I'm like, that is iconic. That's an iconic moment. <laughs> But the whole time, unbeknownst to them, Cat Grant is watching on her 2009 drone, which, I mean, again, I liked, I, like I talked about last week, $20 drone, and apparently it has an HD camera, it has, <laughs> it has, like, live video feed, I'm like, this is not 2009, guys, this is not, we didn't have this in 2009. <laughs> especially for $20. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. It's fine. It's fine. She, Kara can fly so I can suspend disbelief about this. But unbeknownst to them though, Cat Grant has captured this whole entire thing on this drone and she's gonna poke around and be a danger to their mission. So Brainy, uh, while they're at the... Uh, the little, like, fortress that Kenny made for Kara and him. Brainy lets everybody know that they're gonna, you know, they're taking care of Naxum and his buddies, and eventually he tells Nia that, uh, that in an effort to restore the proper timeline, they are going to have Naxum sent to Uruguay where they were captured in the original timeline with a message to the DEO already, like, queued up, uh, and that the ship will be cloaked until then, and then it will uncloak and, and get there. Um, so he basically is like, look, we did a good job, we restored the timeline, we're good. And Brendan and Branda... <laughs> Brandon and Brenda um, make their leave, but not before Brainy uh, connects with Kenny about Kara and, and his adventures with Kara. And Kenny kind of seems like he uh, is excited about adventuring or whatever. And it's something, and it, it's an attitude that we see change throughout the episode. <laughs> Um, Brenda then connects with Kara as well about their alien identities, and Kara says supering in space has a nice ring to it, which is interesting, um, and I wonder if maybe Kara will eventually, like, go off into space and be, like, cosmic protector, ca very Captain Marvel at the end of the series. I don't know if that's actually a thing to be worried about, but I think it'd be really interesting if, like, all the super friends just decided to, like, go off into space. <laughs> Because, I mean, Kara has always been a character, at least in the comics, that has been more, uh, like, universal and cosmic than Superman has. Like, I mean, DC Comics just released a video that was like, while Superman can, you know, save the world, Kara can save the universe. Like, Supergirl can save the universe. And I'm just wondering if there's, like, a connection there, if maybe that's just how they are able to, like, write Kara off, is that she goes into space and just becomes like a space protector <laughs> very like captain marvel i don't know i don't know we'll see obviously i'm not i'm not making any guesses yet i think we're too early in the in the season to even speculate about that but uh just a thought that i had but then they nia eventually tells kara that something tells me you'll be super and then it's time for prom, and Nia continues, though, to have this, like, cage dream with the Pink Panther, and it kind of is an indication that they're not quite done yet with their mission, like they believe they are. 
So Alex drops Kara off at the prom in a minivan and and paparazzi by Lady Gaga's playing and it's just everything to me. I love all of this like 2000s music. I said early 2000s but like early 2010s music I guess is really what it is. Um, And Alex, they have this really wonderful moment in the car and it's like Kyler, I think uh, in an interview she talked about how um, how this uh, scene was something that she like took pictures of and like sent to Melissa and was like, "Look, this is us." And she and I guess Melissa had responded and been like, "Oh my god, like this is uncanny. That's crazy," and it's true because it's just the two of them. Olivia and Isabella have the the mannerisms down just so perfectly. They have the characterization down so perfectly. And that's what made this Danvers sisters moment feel so special and feel so much like them. And I just, I loved it. But uh, Alex tells Kara, though, that she's proud of her for the work that she's been doing and apologizes for being overprotective. She says that she realized uh, when she went to college that she could be more than just Kara's older sister. And she realizes, though, too, that she doesn't really have to worry about Kara after watching this because she knows that Kara can handle herself and, and, and she trusts Kara to take care of herself. And she's not going to be that overpowering, overprotective sister as much anymore because she trusts Kara to handle herself. Um, and and Kara wonders, though, if she has made the right choice because she's talking about that she she made the choice of whether or not to stay in Midvale and she doesn't even tell Alex the outcome but Alex says that it was the right choice because Kara is the one who made it and it's just like really sweet because this these whole this episode specifically kind of focuses on Kara and her ability to choose and her choices that she makes and and I like that Alex was like whatever you choose to do it is right because you are the one that chose to do it not me not Eliza not Alora not any of the people in your life that have made decisions for you up until this moment it's because you chose what you wanted to do and and they watch as the meteor shower starts and Kara goes into the prom without her glasses uh or without well yeah both without her glasses and without her mask the the uh because it's a masquerade themed prom uh so she doesn't bring the mask and she takes off her glasses and because Alex tells her that you wear a mask every day like why not take the night off Um, And Alex stays outside to get some pictures of the meteor shower. So back on the ship, Brainy and Nia are all dressed up in their prom attire. And Brainy basically short circuits when he sees Nia in her dress. And it's just like the sweetest thing I've ever seen. And they slow dance together on the ship. And it's so cute and so wonderful. And they just are literally the perfect couple. Like I... (laughs) Like guys, guys, they're the perfect couple. They're my favorite couple literally ever. I'm obsessed with them. But anyway, so they, when they're slow dancing, they uh, they talk about Nia's dream and about how she wishes she could call her mom and, and they, but they are interrupted in their talk when they get a notification that the meteor just entered the Earth's atmosphere. So they got to go get ready to take Kara's blood. So at the site of the Naxum ship, Kat is poking around and she throws a damn rock at it, at their ship until she uncloaks it. Like she just keeps like throwing rocks and then it just like uncloaks. 
And then she she lets them out. It's like, oh, God damn it. And then they kidnap her. And it's like, oh, my God, Kat, what is your problem? (laughs) So while they've got her on the ship, Kat's... They took Kat's Blackberry, the curly-haired guy, and he's, like, poking and prodding at it. And he's trying to figure it out. And... And they are trying to find Kara. They're trying to, like, get a read on her. But the meteor shower is, like, interfering with their scanning abilities or whatever. So he's like, we just have her last known location vaguely. And it says that she was at the high school. And so they go and fly to the high school to go get Kara with Kat in tow. So back at the high school, Kara and Kenny have a conversation after they exchange corsages and and Kenny says this like really sweet line where he says you couldn't be regular if you tried and and Kara says that she loves Kenny and their fortress and that she's excited to start their new life in Midvale but the meteor interrupts them during this conversation uh Kara punches through it but it's filled with kryptonite and she falls to the ground just as the ship pulls up. Uh, Kenny, Brainy, Nia, and Alex rush into the gym to find Kara literally just like pulsing with kryptonite. And and the blue guys, they send out this message that says like, Kryptonian, if you do not reveal yourself, I will kill all of the people in this, in this high school. And... At that moment, Kenny sacrifices himself by pretending to be the Kryptonian and they beam him up to their ship. And guys, guys, that is something that Lena has done for Kara multiple times in the in our in the course of Supercorp history. I mean, even just as recently as the season 5 finale. I mean, oh my god. Lena stepped in front of Andrea, who had this, like, okay, I mean, she had that rock of kryptonite, and for her to, like, for Lena to literally put herself between a super-powered being and Supergirl and a piece of kryptonite that could just, like, cleave her in half, you know, she made that sacrifice for Kara because she cares about Kara so much. And that's the same thing that Kenny did in this episode. He didn't want Kara to be taken, so he sacrificed himself to protect Kara, even though both Kara, or excuse me, both uh, Lena and Kenny are humans. And it also makes me think of how in the, uh, in the Luther's season two, episode 12, um, in that episode, Lena, even though she was a human, and at that point, she didn't even know Kara was Supergirl. At that point, Lena threw herself down, you know, trying to, like, protect Kara, even though she was just a human, you know? And it, it, it also made me think of how when uh, Kara and Monel were trapped on Slaver's Moon, Monel did not do a single damn thing to protect Kara, you know? It's, and it's... The, that difference between a good relationship for Kara and a, and a bad relationship for Kara. And I mean, I said this last time, last week, but I genuinely think that they brought Kenny back from the dead just so that they could parallel Kenny's relationship with Kara to Lena's relationship with Kara in order to establish how this relationship can then, how Kara can have another relationship like this once again with Lena. And it, 
because I mean, people are freaking out like, oh my god, what if they make Kenny her endgame? Like, no, this guy has been in three episodes in the entire series. Can you imagine how mad people would be about that? And it just wouldn't make sense anyway, because Kara, at least our Kara, does not have these memories of Kenny. So the entire, so it's, so it begs the question then, what was the point of showing all of these connections and, and especially showing the relationship between Kara and Kenny, if it doesn't mean anything to Kara in the present, because we can then relate these two relationships together. We can relate them, we can compare them, and we can uh, be reminded of them during each scene because they use specific phrases or specific scenarios that call back to, like I said, you know, Lena sacrificing herself for Kara because Kenny did the same thing. And then there's another instance later, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But it's like, because of that perfectly mirrored experience and relationship that the that these two relationships are being shown as having the only reason could be is so that they could establish that okay Kara and Kenny were like a great relationship and it was what Kara needed and it was what Kara wants and what Kara needs as a partner as a life partner as someone to date you know and so with Lena then we can have that and it won't be so shocking to an audience as well. It's like, because then it was built and built and built and built up. Even when Melissa's not there and they're not even involving Lena in the storyline, they're still building up to Supercorp. I genuinely believe it. I don't think I'm a clown. <laughs> it's just classic, like, storytelling. I, I don't know. But yeah, so anyway, the aliens are able to figure out pretty damn quick that Kenny is not, in fact, a Kryptonian, and they lock him up, and, and they decide to use him as bait. Um, and Kara's not doing so hot. She has still got a bit of the rock inside of her hand, and, and then to deal, <laughs> to deal with the stress, Brainy tries to sing 9 to 5, and he says... <laughs> He's like, wake up every morning and get myself some breakfast. And it's like, oh my god, that's not even the right words. <laughs> and he's just like trying to deal with all these emotions. And I mean, like I said last week, I love this journey that Brahini has been on to, to deal with his emotions and to show a man like dealing with his emotions in a very positive way and trying to find ways to deal with his emotions that are positive and are healthy. And I just, I love it. I love how how he's been able to handle his emotions and, 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 and his feelings and how he's been able to work with Nia to like figure out exactly how to deal with these emotions that he's feeling. And so anyway, though, Naxim sends them a message that they have 10 minutes to turn Kara over before he kills Kenny. And Kara, like, steps up and she's like, you can't stop me. And it's very reminiscent of when uh, Kara stood in front of Kate Kane and was like, I would like to see you try to stop me. Like, you won't be able to. And Nia says, actually, we can. And she puts Kara to sleep. That's a neat trick. That is a neat trick she's got all the cool powers she can she can put people to sleep she can uh tell she can um use her dream energy she can uh astral project like she is so cool mia has all the coolest powers um and so they decide then 
Nia and Brainy together to take care of Daxum on their own. Sorry, Naxum on their own. <laughs> um, so back on the ship, Kat and Kenny are locked up in the same cell and they have a conversation. Uh, Kat calls him Kendall Lee, which, you know, on brand. And she then instantly has an inspiring speech for him. And it was just such a cool moment for Kat because it's just... I mean, like I said before, Eliza does such an incredible job of doing Cat, and it's like, I'm like, damn, I'm watching Cat Grant. Like, I, you know, there was no moment of disconnect because she was just so good, and this speech was no different because it definitely felt like something that she would say to, like, Wynne or James or Kara or whoever. Like, it just felt like that, and it was so good. It felt exactly like her. It tickled the part of my brain that, like, loves Cat Grant. <laughs> Um, so back at the school, Alex has to pick up, uh, she has to pick Kryptonite out of Kara's hand, and Kara tries to break out, but she's too weak to open the door, um, and Kara says that she just wanted one night where the two of them could pretend to be normal, and, and that moment, again, I mean, she says, she's like, I wanted us, specifically Kenny and Kara to be normal for one night and again that's extremely reminiscent of Kara saying to Lena in her speech in the uh season five episode one when she first told Lena that she was Supergirl she says if I could be Kara just Kara then you know whatever and it's like again these connections of Kara wanting to kind of have this like desire for a normal life with each of these people in her lives and then she has to realize that instead she needs to fully be open and be herself with each of them and she has that journey with both Kenny and Lena Kenny in this episode specifically obviously and then Lena in over season five you know as as the course of their relationship has gone on and so I just I mean again again like ugh, it's so connected it's all connected it's all connected i'm like standing here with like red strings pinned up to a board you know connecting all the connections guys i've made the connections you didn't connect shit i've connected them uh, <laughs> um so anyway though alex picks the lock the old-fashioned way though and kara absorbs some moonlight to revive her powers and okay there was a, a an article that came out that was like, oh my god, this is like a retcon. Guys, I it's important to me that you know that that the moon does not radiate its own light. Moonlight is just sunlight bouncing off the moon. <laughs> it's just a reflection of the sun's light that hits the moon and then comes to Earth. <laughs> so, technically, moonlight is just yellow sunlight, except bounced off the moon. It's just indirect sunlight. Like, guys, come on now. <laughs> Case closed. Anyway. So, Brainy and Nia approach the ship, and Nia has another dream, and this time she's able to read the letters on the cage, uh, and she sees that it says PW, um, and she's able to, like, hold the Pink Panther in her dream energy, and then once she's pulled out of the dream, she manifests the Pink Panther in real life, and then it's like a thing. It's 
what that was so crazy like she's able to bring stuff from the dream plane or whatever wherever she goes and bring it into reality that is so sick that is so sick oh my god she's the coolest um so brainy praises nia for her use of manifestation but nia is still very frustrated that she can't interpret her dreams in any meaningful way and they end up rescuing cat and kenny and Kat manages to snap a picture of the Pink Panther before they're confronted by Naxum. Kara bursts through the ceiling then of the ship and she like just beats the living shit out of, out of Naxum and his little curly-haired friend. Um, but they manage to like Kara slams one of them into, like, a thing, or I don't know. Somehow they let out really dangerous aliens into Midvale, these things called land sharks, and then they manage to get into an escape pod, so they're gone, like, they're escaped, and then they find out that Cat is gone, and, and it's just, there's police all around outside, and it's just, it's a huge shit show. <laughs> And Kat calls Kara Kira, which again is like such a wonderful uh, throwback moment. And Brainy and Nia freak out over changing the timeline so, so catastrophically. Um, and they make a plan to go back just a couple of hours and plan to stop Kat before she can let Naxum out. Alex, Kara, Kat, and Kenny are all being handcuffed by the police. And Kara is visibly like freaking out. And she eventually, she's overhearing with her super hearing that Nia and Brainy are going to go do that, or Brenda and Brandon, they're going to go do that. So she snaps out of the handcuffs and flies away uh, to go follow after them. And I, th I think that this is so reminiscent of those, like, time travel movies where they get to a point where they've just, like, utterly eviscerated the timeline so bad that they have to go back and fix it again, you know? And it was just a fun call callback to those kind of, like, cheesy time travel movies where you just have that moment where it's like everything is coming down around the main character as they try to, like you know, fix what they've messed up and they continue to just mess things up and mess things up and mess things up so bad that they just have to go back and try again. <laughs> um, so they do. They go back four and a half hours back in time and Nia and Brainy go into the woods to find CJ. And then Kara pops out from the ship because she's stowed away in there and Kara says that she just like freaked out in the moment because she's just too young and and to be out as a super or live a like like a different life than anything normal like she just wants to have a normal life for right now and she says i'm only 17 i don't know anything and come on now this betty lyric <laughs> cara is james confirmed um but also though cara confirmed that she can't drive she can't do laundry and she can't cook. She can't make rice. Oh my god. And that's absolutely everything to me. <laughs> like, that is so in character for Kara that she, at 17 years old, can't drive, can't do laundry, and she can't cook. She can't even make rice. That's just iconic. <laughs> and they agree to let Kara help. Um, and they almost immediately get caught by Alex and Kenny. And Nia runs off to take care of Kat while they distract them and try not to mess up the timeline anymore. 
Um, so Nia finds Kat's drone and she shoots it out of the sky and then she runs into Kat and Kat says probably the funniest Kat line literally ever. She says, if you say Lois Lane, I will expire. She's like, oh my god, she expire? That is so funny. Um, Nia convinces Kat, though, that she deserves to be out from under Perry White's thumb because she's, like, putting, she put her dream together. She interpreted her dream to mean that Kat is being caged by Perry White and that she needs to be let out of her cage in order to become Kat Grant as we all know her. Um, and she says, you don't need the Daily Planet, you have a media empire to build, and she even gives her the idea to start going by Cat because she accidentally calls her Cat. <laughs> so Nia meets back up with Brainy and Kara, and they are then teleported back to an hour before the meteor enters the Earth's atmosphere to restore the timeline and figure out what they're gonna do. And I do love, though, how Nia basically, <laughs> by talking to Kat, she secured herself a job in the future. She created herself a place of work. <laughs> and I love that. It's so good. <laughs> um, and before Kara leaves, she tells them, she tells uh, Brandon and Brenda that she's like, my future is mine. Thank you, guys. And it's just so sweet because, like, and she talks about it later this episode about how she hasn't really had a choice in her life uh, ever. And so it's really nice that they gave her the opportunity to, like, live her life. Um, and Alex calls Kara and Kara pulls the phone away to thank Brandon and Brenda. And the whole time you can hear Alex through the phone. Like, where are you? What are you doing? It's just like the little like rumble of Alex's like talking through the phone. And I loved it. Um, so then we see Kat at the bar and she gets a call from Perry when she tells him that she's quitting. She says, from now on, it's Cat Grant. And she leaves Midvale then, and on the bar is a napkin with a pink panther drawing on it with the word Catco written on it. And I mean, we all called it that the pink panther that Cat, that was in Catco in season one, got its origins in this Midvale uh, two-parter which is great. That is so good. Such a fun callback to that first season, to all the scenes at CatCo. I just loved it. I loved, I loved that. That is so fun to, like, take something that is, like, so inconsequential in the series and then make it a huge plot point, like, a huge, uh, something really important. I love that. Loved it. Um, so then Naxum was sent to Uruguay with a beacon, sent to the DEO to then, like I said, the, their original plan to get him captured by the DEO and restore the original timeline. So that's two missions down, and when the meteor shower hits, as Kara flies to go smash it, Kenny runs down the stairs and almost gets killed twice by flying meteors. And it's, it's, I interpreted that moment as, like, the timeline trying to kind of like restore itself in that way i talked about it last time about how kenny's death might have been a fixed moment and i think that they almost kind of proved that in this episode that it almost was a fixed moment where like because they restored the original timeline kenny almost got killed two times you know because it was almost his destiny to die and then bring Kara this sense of uh 
um, heroic passion, I guess, uh, and bring her closer to Alex. But as we saw in the episode, she was able to do that on her own without Kenny passing away. So that was really good. And I'm so glad he didn't die. I really didn't want to see that. Um, in the gym, Kara was able to kind of shake off the kryptonite, and I people were like, oh my god, like, why did she shake off the kryptonite so easily? I think it's because she knew, flying at the meteor, she knew what was in it. Like, she knew that there was kryptonite in it, so I think that she kind of, like, did what she could to maybe, like, protect herself from the kryptonite, because when they showed her hand, she didn't have any kryptonite shards in her hand, so she was able to just, like, it was just seconds of exposure rather than, like, it's in her body. You know what I mean? Um, so Kara and Kenny have a talk, and, and Kara says that as much as she loves Kenny, she cannot stay in Midvale. She talks about how she didn't choose anything in her life from coming to Earth to getting her powers, and she wants to make a choice for herself, and that choice is National City University. And Kenny responds by talking about how Kara uh, changed his life. He says, and then you came along. You were this amazing light in a world of darkness. And if that does not remind you of, and then I met you, you chipped away at my armor with your warmth. Like, guys, <laughs> guys. It's happening. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Supercorp is happening, and that's just the truth. <laughs> like, like I was talking about earlier, because of the clear... I mean, it sounds just like the same line. Like, and then you came along versus and then I met you. And by using those very similar uh, phrases, you're con creating a connection in the audience's mind to between Kenny and Lena. And like I said, it's just, there's no other explanation than them establishing the idea of Supercorp Endgame. I just, there's no other explanation. And Kenny talks about how he needs to be able to save himself and how he can't go with Kara to NCU. And it's genuinely the most respectful breakup I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> um, but also the kind of the, another connection is Kenny talking about how he needs to be able to save himself. I think that kind of connects to Kara telling Lena to be her own hero. And then also Lena being able to break free from Lex. It's like, okay, Kenny needs to learn how to save himself. But now Lena already knows and she already has saved herself from that shadow of the Luthers. And so because of that, she's she's reformed. Like, she's ready to be with Kara. That's, like, the implication that I had found here. You know what I mean? Like, so at the time, Kara and Kenny were not ready to be together because Kenny needed to learn how to save himself and Kara needed to learn to make choices for her own benefit and for her own good. And in our current timeline, Kara has already learned that. She's learned that she needs to make these choices to protect herself and protect her friends and and all of these other things that she's learned over the course of the series. And then with Lena, she is already at the point of that uh, learned experience of 
having saved herself because of what she was able to do. So now, once Kara gets back, they are ready to be together. Like, there's growth that needs to happen together, obviously, but it can happen organically within a relationship between the two of them. And at the end of the episode, Brainy and Nia acquire the rock with Kara's DNA on it, and they head back to the ship. Brainy tells Nia that she was amazing and that he was so impressed uh, and proud by her manifestation and how she was able to interpret her dream to save the space-time continuum. And then they kiss. It's very sweet. And he says, you saved us. And when we save Supergirl from the Phantom Zone, it will be because of you. And then Brainy literally starts crying because he loves Nia so much and he's so happy. And Brainy ends the episode by saying that he feels hopeful. And that was such a good episode of Supergirl. (laughs) I just loved it. I mean, what more could you want from a Supergirl episode than this incredible development of Nia and her powers and also Brainy and his emotions and then their relationship together and some just classic setting up of Supercorp Endgame and just like really funny Kara and Alex moments, really sweet and wonderful Kara and Alex moments. I don't know. I just, I loved it. And I, I'm so sad that we might never see young Kara and young Alex ever again. Because that is literally the best casting ever. Ever. They've, the casting of this show, I mean, I've said it before, the casting of this show is incredible. But those two specifically, I'm actually gonna be so upset like just I'm I'm just like getting sad thinking about how we'll never see them play young Kara and young Alex ever again and I mean I've been waiting for another Midvale episode since the first one and these episodes they kind of blew away all of my expectations I just really love them and I I didn't expect so much growth from Nia during these episodes but I'm so happy that it happened because I mean last season we complained so much because she was getting nothing she just it was like all of her storylines were dropped like she had one episode and then that was it for for her storyline and I I'm just so happy that they were able to take the initiative and take the opportunity that they were presented by not having to deal with a lot of their other main character players here in these episodes and take that and and grow uh, Nia as a character and and Nia as as a superhero and and being able to interpret her dreams and, and discovering new powers and stuff. I just, I loved it. It was so good. I... I loved it. I loved it. Um, I loved it, and Supercorp is a game. <laughs> um, it, did you love it? Uh, you can let me know in the comments below, <laughs> or you can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think there. Um, you can uh, rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.